Thank you to this week's episode sponsor, Melanin Hemp Goddess, a one-stop hemp shop created for and by women of color. Owner Desiree was tired of seeing the same products and images at smoke shops over and over again, so she decided to do something about it and create products in an online head shop where women of color can feel comfortable and are represented on the products. The Melanin Hemp Goddess Shop includes items such as crystal pipes, gold goddess ashtrays, gold goddess blunt rings, rolling trays, ganja goddess CBD flower, pre-rolls, and more. Learn more and support this black woman-owned cannabis brand on www.melaninhempgoddess.com and Instagram at melaninhempgoddess. You can also use the discount code M-J-I-Y-A-N-A for 10% off any order, no minimum required. Rated M for mature. We want more. We want more. Like, we really like it. We want more. How's it going? Welcome back to Wine, Weed, and Weave. I'm your host, Ayana, aka the Marijuana Ayana. So, full transparency, I've taken some dabs. I'm not feeling well at all physically. I'm in a lot of pain. I haven't hosted a podcast episode in like two weeks or so. I went on a little bit of a break, so I'm a little rusty. So, just forgive me, you know, if I sound a little crazy and like I'm tripping over my words but it's because I am but I'm excited to be back for another episode I took a two-week break it was my birthday and um I just needed some time off so I took some time off and it was much needed but then I jumped back into the swing of things and now I'm I'm back for another episode we are almost done with season three I'm so pumped um this season's been really cool so far it's been totally different than the last couple seasons so um I'm excited to continue to add more voices, new voices, more stories, and just continue highlighting uh, women of color and men of color in the cannabis industry. So we're going to do that now. Um, today, my guest is actually a Latina woman um, in cannabis, which I love seeing my Latina sisters in cannabis, like love it. I think naturally, uh, Latina women and uh, black women and Caribbean women, we just are so drawn since plant medicine because it's just a part of us, you know, so I love seeing uh, more of us in the plant touching side and the growing side and I love this woman's flower she has this flower called WAP oh my god it's sold out but it's so good so if you can grab the WAP flower by this amazing woman please do um, she is a cultivator geneticist and owner of Ranchera Familia um, which is a grow and they grow hemp and CBD flower and the WAP strain that I'm referring to is a CBD strain that is like one of her um, kind of signature strains that everyone knows her farm for, which is amazing. I love that it's called WAP. I love saying WAP, if you guys can't tell. And she's also the co-owner of their lifestyle brand, Rancheritings. Um, she's a Latina farmer. She's a Latina geneticist in cannabis and hemp. And like I said, that's just so amazing to see. Unfortunately, it's so rare, and we're definitely going to get into that. And I just can't wait to hear a story and for you guys to hear it too. Please, guys, welcome Sue, also known as the Ranchera Mommy much well thank you again for your time and 
being on. I really am such a fangirl of your flower. Um, so I'm so, so excited to talk to you. And I appreciate your support on, like, all the things, um, like, on all of the pages that you seem to talk to. <laughs> so, like, oh, of I'm course, on this show. Um, and I, I really am such, like, a big fan of your WAP flower. I wish it wasn't sold out, but I know it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's definitely like one of our crowd favorites for sure. But I mean, luckily we have our uh, fall harvest coming up um, in September, early October. Um, as soon as we start trimming it, it'll start hitting, um, you know, uh, hemp and herbal store shelves in the United States. It'll be available um, on our website. Um, and you know, we definitely, I, we started a little bit earlier this year and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm expecting a lot more flower to help carry us over into the next year so that, you know, we don't have to take a break, you know, from, from, you know, having our, you know, our exclusive things, you know, available like a WAP and Frida and Ranchera things the back during the fall time. Um, okay. plus have, um, you know, it's as a Latina geneticist, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm all into supporting other minority-owned farms. Um, and you know, we work really well together. And mm-hmm. um, specifically, we have throughout the United States that are, you know, some of them are black-owned, some of them are Asian-owned, some of them are uh, Latinx-owned, um, some of them are even, um, you know, tribal-affiliated. So, because mm-hmm. what I like to do is. I- the flower that you know these people end up growing from our genetics um, mm-hmm. and really helping showcase you know that that beautiful level of you know business flow from you know the start of who makes it you know Latino woman to mm-hmm. a black female farmer growing it and really yeah, pushing our message of you know pushing our community message that it's important that when we say that we're Latina and we're here for the minorities that with those people and we're helping yeah, elevate I mean, you them actually and are, that's why like, I love you, you. you really, really are <laughs> thank you you really are like that's how I found you was through a black owned brand that carried your flower and I was like oh my gosh this train is great and they were like oh it's actually not ours it's Ranchera Familia and I was like what is this Ranchera Familia what is this and then I found it I was like oh my god it's grown by a Latina woman how dope and then I saw all the strains how what first of all my first question is always where do you get these strain names from because I love them they're all female empowerment <laughs> I love saying the word WAP and I love describing a strain called WAP what what's where does this name uh game come from and what's been the reaction to the names I'm sure women love it so um so as so as you know a woman of color that's you know creating genetics um you know we find that like personally we can look through the history of the genetic streams mm-hmm. and see that it has been um, essentially molded for white consumerism there's mm-hmm. not names that somebody like myself can reflect on and you know, say, oh, well, that's a, that's a Spanish word, or, you know, that means mm. this to me, or that means that to me. And a lot of times, like, you know, when I'm looking at these genetic names, and people are creating them and everything like that, I feel that they were very tailored to a specific audience. And that's yeah. not and although, although that audience is a part of my audience, I, you know, open up the open up the pro- the possibility that strain names can be 
of the person that creates them and they truly mm-hmm. did. And so for me, when, you know, I was going through our genetic process and naming things and trying to figure out what is, you know, what is this going to be called? You know, I, we were blessed with, you know, Cardi B's WAP song last year <laughs> and everybody was freaking out about it. You know, from my, from my homegirls being like, this is it. This is like, this is empowerment. This is what we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And then to watch, you know, Cardi by numerous. Oh my gosh. The backlash was for coming. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's but like, to Y'all me, men are tripping. I, I, and any strain called I, Wop, I would want to smoke that. Like anything called wet ass pussy, I want that. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so like, I just, you know, because of all of that, and what went on through, like, you know, my own media perspective eyes, mm-hmm. you know, I took it as something that was like, you know, what this is so much more, like, more powerful, like the music industry itself. Yeah. This is something yeah. that I can take my power back and say, like, as a female, like I like this is WAP right here enjoy your WAP I mean it was normalized fire weed you guys so like it was definitely <laughs> named appropriately I was like this is definitely giving me WAP this, this strain's definitely giving me like relaxing and does it taste good and I was like I love all the names <laughs> and all of the strains that you've made it does seem to represent you and who you are and I think when a consumer sees that they go oh that that sounds like something I would like or that sounds like me or I like that song like let me try this and that definitely makes a difference I didn't even think about that there's so many strains uh, named after white men and grown by not them and it's just strange but moving on (laughs) but that's that's exactly why myself and other women and other minorities are here and this is what I i I started my business four years ago and the my biggest piece of advice for any person of color is don't try mm-hmm. to fit into this to this white mold that you it's see all around anyway. you. It's yeah. it's not going to work. People aren't going to resonate with it. They're like, uh, I don't know. And you're not going to authentically get to showcase your product the proper way. And it took me years. It took me years to figure this out and to be like, you know what? Let's just skip all this. Let's yeah, just, just skip epic. all of Fuck this it. nonsense. Do what you want. <laughs> And exactly exactly I was trying not to say like you know drop any oh, like you can curse bombs. here no worries oh, okay <laughs> this is an adult yeah, program for say adults like... smoke weed and drink wine <laughs> I love it I love it because you know like I think that coming to terms with who I am understanding that like just you know I am mixed you know like I I'm uh, I'm Cherokee I German I'm you know I get paler in the wintertime and everything like that but like for me like just embracing who I am has a person and I've been able to directly community the people that or think like me or grew up like me and give them a place of like of resonance Mm -hmm. you can feel at home when you come your flower from us and know that, like, yeah, and like, we would love to have you up here to live the things, and we're just grateful to be here with everybody. That's amazing. So, I definitely want to get into kind of like how you started, like, 
obviously growing is one of the harder parts of the industry, definitely one of the more male dominated parts of the industry. And definitely you don't see a lot of Latina women in the growing sector. What drew you to entering the cannabis industry in general? And then why did you decide, okay, I'm going to grow cannabis and hemp? Um, so <laughs> your long story of my coming to, <laughs> to the West, I moved and I uh, was uh, 19 years old. I was homeless. I lived in a hostels, um, hotel for like a month straight. Um, and really was trying to work to, I was a recovering, a pharmaceutical addict. Um, and. But thankfully, got into the space because of a really amazing mentor of mine um, who really shared her passion for growth, invited me into the space, and values of it. Um, and then throughout that, you know, I free process my healing process, and I mean, it, it took me years. Um, I went to school for public health, um, and you know, attained a degree. Minors within women's studies. Um, and then during that cannabis industry, and I was making edibles on the recreational market for groups, oxymens, or journeyman chocolate mm-hmm. um, up in Oregon. And they really be the best person that I possibly could be. I mean, going to school and making sure that things were flexible, that, you know, they had really saw the potential to through the work and allowing me to help create you know recipes allowing me to come in and do consulting work um and all of you know throughout that I had still kind of like would pick up jobs at farms and water you know the leaf for them prune or for them and I I had always been attached to that you know, deep down inside and afflicted for years of like, do into the edible market space, like even more so, is this my passion mm-hmm. or does my passion lie within farming? And yeah. honestly, like the best gift I've ever given was um, a all-female owned farm. It was like one of the first, it was like all-female owned cannabis. Mm-hmm. They had to give me the opportunity to underneath Robin and Robin was like she is still is more than just a boss or a mentor she is a lifelong sister to me you know the the time and the patience to giving me a skill set to upon things um was really valuable and you know transition from making metals to growing into the hit of producing edibles and I saw the quality this is basically the answer <laughs> question but I saw the quality of flour for smokable grade to uh, edible consumption I was mortified by it because coming off of the medicinal recreational market the standards are so high that none of that would even None of that would even be allowed to in 
you know, that kind of regulatory space. And so in my felt that like as somebody that used CBD, um, you know, for like reproduction, I have endometriosis and polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome. Um, you know, I, I used uh, cannabis and, and then I started using CBD for, as a hormonal regulator um, mm-hmm. and was able to get off of, you know, uh, you know, two like hormonal, like, like my health, um, high dose. Um, and so I just add passionate from a patient medical perspective, mm-hmm. passionate about it from a business perspective, understanding that like, Hey, lack within the market. So my first objective was like, how am I going to do this? I just graduated from college. Debt, like this is ago. I just graduated thirty thousand, and I live in an apartment. And okay, I'm like, how do I find a farm? And I'm just gonna be honest. I'm like, God answered my prayers, and I just like I sat every day and I would talk to people and I tell them what my dreams were. And one, so many are like, hey, somebody that has a farm, and they're prop, and they're willing like, oh to gosh. let you. Rent. And wow. greenhouse, $300 a month. Shoot. $300 for my rent right now in town. I was like, when can I move in? And that's exactly what Like, I haven't looked back since. And I really got to, like, thank my, like, my fiance, like, Kirk. And, you know, he's, he's been super influential, teaching and educating. Um, you know, he's like my. Inside, like my at homes inside that I have available, mm-hmm. you know, like he he has a full time job as well, and we're in a genetics and but like you know I have this super wonderful support system from the company that himself to his family to my friends and this 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 is really would not be possible without everybody that has like you know been like Sue I have your back. Yeah, I mean, that's how you know you're doing what you're meant to be doing. Like you said, like, it kind of just arrived to you. Just kept asking and asking and asking and just got this land. And that's how I think everyone's cannabis journey has kind of been that way. Like, okay, am I supposed to work in weed? And then you kind of think about it. And then something happens and it just lands in your lap. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. (laughs) And it's just always (laughs) such a fun journey to hear other women be like, oh, yeah, this is definitely like kind of just the opportunity that fell in my lap and you're still doing it and still killing it which I mean like I said I'm just such a big fan of your flower so I mean I'm assuming for me like I'm sure you know I'm, I'm a black woman in cannabis for those that don't know already um for me I've had my own challenge and beautiful and strong thank you so much <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um so I've had my own challenges right like I've had these weird experiences just being a black woman in cannabis like people not talking directly to me or like talking to a white coworker and then asking me the same thing and then like taking their advice over mine, like just strange occurrences like that. Have you had any kind of like, just, I don't know. I don't want to say like racist run-ins, but it's kind of the best way I could say it. Or just like any just experiences as a Latina woman in cannabis that you weren't expecting to have, or that have maybe surprised you that you've now kind of learned how to respond to or not so much. I'm just curious because I just know for me, I've had these experiences for sure. Well, I think, I, I think similar to the 
the not directly talking to but talking mm-hmm. to somebody else. So like for me, what ends up happening? Um, when what ends up happening is the set that I gets overlooked often by the female and the fact that as well mm-hmm. and, and being able to communicate address how you feel without hurting or berating or putting down some is the biggest comeback that anybody can do mm-hmm. fire with fire definitely doesn't help any doesn't work <laughs> but also not addressing the situation doesn't help anything and so from my experience being on farms and you know face to face with people that have degrees in biology and everything like that and you know just because i've and you know i'm i'm five four and i weigh 115 pounds but i can outrun and outwork <laughs> the majority of I believe that I definitely that I believe see. that I'm a, <laughs> I am like you know, like I, I'm Speedy Gonzalez if I was a cartoon you know Cartoon Network I would be a Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> that's how I small but strong and so like small but very very strong and so for me the coming into direct confrontation with that would um, it's about Latinos and Latinas a lot of time what I deal with is very unaware of that I am and mm-hmm. into a room can get very uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. because they'll look they'll look at me and think, oh, you know, like, oh, this is just some white girl, like, sitting She's a little bit tanner, but it's, like, thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, room and advocating, you know, like, for honestly, like, to be, like, hey, you know, I have to, you know, like introducing myself and say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a Latina geneticist," and him, well, no, no. Then I get this. I usually get influencers. She just herself, you know, yeah. blah blah blah. And just it's a getting very that topical on you rep- immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like personally, like yeah, people have said, like you know, I've been called things from you know, like from back to like respect to yeah. all of this uh, like latinas like latinos they should probably only go back in the field but for um mm-hmm. like any of the like actual like projects or whatever uh you know like real mexicans out here mm-hmm. no 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 the ones that like you know you know, the ones and me be like, I have no idea what you mean about the ones. <laughs> All look different, right? you know, like yeah. Hispanics and Latinos can be from as 
lots of colors as as dark as the sky you know yeah I'm like just like every minority group we all look so different and like you cannot just predetermine how much knowledge I have or how much I know because of how I look and also don't determine that I'm just not going to say anything as well because most of the time and you know what you're I feel like what you said to me saying that directly talk to you they would go talk Mm -hmm. to somebody else and then maybe I can this is probably like the third or fourth time this year that I've talked to a who this to me and it's the weirdest thing it's so strange I get that like in my head I'm like a lot of times people won't talk to me to my fiance and so Mm -hmm. Thing that I can like, you know, or kind of resonate, but I have heard that within the cannabis workspace, um, that that is something that, like, that you know, like, theme that's currently still going on to where oh, it's just so like, much. and yeah, um, disrespect, you know, across, and a lot of times, it's like, for me, so, like, I'm like, regard. I feel like it's disregard like you won't even regard me as a person like people know that you're there like at least for in the black space I feel like people know we're here obviously in this space but they're going to pretend like we're not I would just be yelling when somebody turned around and talked to me even though you were talking to them I can you see that she's talking right now like you know pay attention to that (laughs) yeah I just I it's just something I always observe and I'm always just curious as to know what other minority groups maybe have similar experiences because this space is so strange like people think cannabis is very progressive and working in this industry is very cool and fun and like it is sometimes but sometimes the reality is especially if you're a woman you're going to have more times than others where you're put in these spaces where you're made to be uncomfortable they put you in an uncomfortable space purposely and go look she's uncomfortable let's make her more uncomfortable and definitely needs to be something that we talk about more um because it feels like there's like what's the word gatekeeping there's more gatekeeping happening and that's why there needs to be that's why I love having conversations with women like you and having this podcast because we can kind of be like we're gonna kick down this gate okay we're just gonna go over and around it and just like (laughs) see what y'all are talking about and doing because I don't care about this gate this gate means nothing to me (laughs) um I also wanted to ask you it just kind of like popped in my head just now what, what do you think or how do you feel about the obvious like Latina culture um, in cannabis that's not being built by Latina owners? Because we've been seeing a lot of that. Um, um, particularly in the past, um, there have been numerous cannabis have come up. A lot La Chicana was. Yeah. Yeah, there was one Last that year, was, like, I don't really, really popular. Out of their name because they totally... It, I, I think it was that one right there because I know that a bunch of the Latinas, like, in my, my section on this, co- on the... Oh, they came for La Chigana after they saw what was happening. Because ethnicities are culture. When people won't even consider idea of immigration reform and to me of someone's cold you don't even want them here and you're celebrating and you're celebrating 
Mexico and all that other stuff. But you're doing absolutely for the Latinx community. Cutting out a little, by the way. Yeah, I can hear you. Just said, I just said you were cutting okay. out. You were kind of coming in and out, but I can still hear you. <laughs> um. So. But to say that if they gave back to our communities, we would allow them to profit yeah. off of off we are. But it's to say that is a big issue because one, there's a lack of representation cannabis and the business owners. There really is. The amount of publicity that a Latina or, or Latin get platforms that are out there educating for inclusivity, they're just you know articles when they talk about you know like a company and they're like company is paving the way for business owners, but they talk nothing about the miners too or any of that stuff they just rave about this you know white company that is doing all of these and that's great mm-hmm. we need to stop applauding and start demanding that those take their position take their elevation hey i get that you want to write an article about me because i just money off of my profits and my sales to xy organ and say hey i'm giving light and i'm gonna this organ and help keep elevating them i i find that as another way that companies are doing performative activism is you know saying i do this i do this. it's like that's a cool not everybody has to show that yeah to what we should be doing it's like you yeah. know you don't be doing tell yourself anyway. thank you for being a good person you should yeah. be doing it anyways exactly so i, yeah, I don't it's remember just what crazy to me was, i but... just remembered those brands i like i said it popped in my head randomly this question because i just remembered i don't remember what brand it was that brand that had like you know skulls all over their packaging and they became very large and they made a lot of money and that they were letting up I don't know if they ever realized they were, but they never said they weren't. And once it came out that they weren't Latina owned, people were like up in arms. So I'm always just like, it's just so strange why people will just taste a culture that's not theirs and just be like, okay, it's mine now. I'm going to take it. That's very Caucasian of y'all. But anyway. <laughs> um, so I'd love to know what your typical work day is like. Like, I personally love the plant part of the plant. I love going to grows and Girl tours are my favorite thing to do because I get to see like what a day in the life of a farmer is like. So what is when are you coming to visit? Well, I don't know where you are, but we'll figure that out later. (laughs) (laughs) What's a day in the life like for you on your beautiful farm, which I'm sure is beautiful. I know you have goats there and dogs, and it just looks like so much fun. (laughs) So my typical day usually I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to work on my waking up early thing. <laughs> early riser because I have I have sleeping problems. I'm a sleepwalker. Oh no! So like I'm up all oh. the night. So I I sleep in a little bit, like till seven. 
them. And um, I do start by filling up my water reservoir because I like to make sure cold water in it um, mm-hmm. and everything like that before I feed them. Um, I let out my chickens and my turkeys and all of my, my fabulous eight little goat girls that I have. Her little um, goats are so cute. Look them on, on her Instagram. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're fabulous. We trouble, I want to say, but <laughs> it, they're so quirky and it, out of their cage and everything like that. Oh, which no. Just, it, it's another thing. Something's getting boring. I'm like, oh, my goats are out oh, again. Oh, my goats. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I gotta go chase the goats. But, you know, my watering for the first, like, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, I want to say, eight and a clock-ish. Um, and then during, you know, I try to do my rounds, of, and I try to walk through, um, you know, check to see if there's any you know, plant health, I need to address like, what my course of action is. Um, our, one of our biggest, most unexpected um, sellers is hemp weed. And so I pick hemp please, for people. And, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. between like 100 leaves, you know, per order, whatever. Um, and I have to do this in the time before it gets really hot because usually by like, 10 o'clock it's or like 30 about 95 degrees here like everybody's like oh man there's like this heat this crazy. it's it's super warm like the every- oh, all this heat you know or whatever, whatever that's going on in, in the united states mm-hmm. it's already 90 degrees outside by midday you know by like 11 12 o'clock it's over 100 degrees Will roughly average degree temperatures sold outside. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> for you know, my, my AC is not luxury because I'd never had AC before. So we bought the farm down here, and so <laughs> it's like keeps me uh, like alive. Because he I'm can like, do some real man. numbers on people. But I have the beach <laughs> but, nearby. I mean, I'll just go to the beach. <laughs> I'm like, I just go up the lake and cool off. It's like ten cooler up there. Um, I like in my like my spare time. But mostly, like my days, like after I'm watering, after I like some pruning, start on production or I start on packaging because I truly am, you know, pretty much. We really try to, you know, um, uh, the opportunity for people to come out here and to come and learn from us. So I'm very grateful that, you know, I often get a lot of people. I would love to just, you know, come, you know, like hang out with you. I haven't seen you in forever. Um, and if you need help with anything on the farm, like, can I help you? And the, That's nice. Um, because other than that, I'm just you know it's pretty much just me waking up every day going through my routine handling all the packaging handling all the, like the the aspect and you know trying to trying to three things in order so typically you know or 
five to seven. I like try to do like my dinner. I try to like take a break. Um, and then for like seven, I go back out and thing left that I have to do. I have a bunch of produce. I have a bunch of herbs out there. Like I'm all harvesting and like planning and prepping my garden. I need to do next. Um, sleep like you know uh, it's like as soon as the sun goes down I'm forced to come inside but mm-hmm. is, is sound bath therapies I do meditation work throughout the daytime um and you know I really you know, um you know connection to myself to my and to my animal um and you know constantly creating positive energy um and frequency you know, I feel that you can, you know, flow from my, from myself. Um, cause with, <laughs> I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I was like, your plants need to grow. You gotta, you gotta feel good to make your plants uh, be good. You know, if you don't feel good, how are you supposed to pour into other things? Exactly. So it seems like you but live then the life that I want to live, just living on a farm just growing some weed, just hanging out with my goats. Like, that's the life that I want. I want to live that simple farm life. <laughs> have it. You can have it. I, I like, asked me four years ago if I position where I'm at on a five-acre piece of land that, you know, my, my fiancé and I both owned, you know, I would be like, no, that's crazy. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, was, I did. Exactly. And I'm like, I... I wake up every day and, you know, as soon as I moved here from Oregon, here was like, like rough on me because I didn't have all my friends around and everything like that. But, you, you know, know, like I feel more at peace where I'm at right now in my circumstances than I have ever in my whole life. And, you know, like, like I said, I love working with minority, you know, own farms and everything like that. But I want to see like someone such as yourself have that farm and I was like and when you're and you're like Sue and I'm like oh I got you and you're like Sue how do you blah 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 and I immediately I want you to have that some seeds girl I can't wait I can see it already I'm gonna believe that I'll have a simple farm life in five years because I'll be like almost 30 in five years so I got I got some time we're manifesting it right now. So. Manifesting my farm life. This is going to happen. And then you'll go back and we'll, I'll be like, yes, we did. And I'll be like, in 55 seconds. Like, go remember, I told you. <laughs> so what's been like your favorite part of running and building Granchera? And then what's been kind of like your more least favorite parts, more challenging or like tedious parts? Because as you said, you're a one woman show. I've been a one woman show for a lot of my projects as well. And it's a lot of work and I'm sure you've been met with some challenges that you weren't expecting as well so I is action is to hear some tell me how much one of our open to hear those stories um, is probably my greatest I just feeling anybody could because I mean I, I put put like I, I cried in my have uh 
bed and I feel I'm like oh. I bleed it cry and die for my plan. Blood, sweat, and tears. Like, I, literally. I do it yeah. I'm like I do it for like I of course I do it for myself a little bit, but grow as much, you know, like but I'm like, no, I do it for everybody. Mm-hmm. And to have even like this, this is gratitude for me. Because like this is one of the positive results that came out of me being able to do my farm is to be able to collect it to connect um and you know share you know, like today right now and I love it <laughs> thank you again for being on you've been I such was... a great guest once again and I already hey. kind of knew just because we've had conversations via DM through other pages and text that you were going to have this great energy and I definitely feel that energy radiating and you definitely seem to be putting passion into the plants and that's why your plants and your brand and your business are doing so well because you've come into it authentically you've presented yourself and made what you what what you wanted to make and said fuck all those rules and I fucking love it like that's why I need more women like you on the show and in the industry because it's going to inspire other women of color to do it as well because they're going to be like oh that's a Latina woman in cannabis with the farm I can be a Latina woman in cannabis with the farm like hopefully that's what someone takes exactly Exactly. No, I have. I'm not, not even gonna lie. I've got girls that, uh, that are like in high school, and, and they'll send me messages like, "You are my <laughs> to be exactly who you are when I grow up." And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I should go to, like try to speak at my high school graduate." Oh like, my hey gosh. guys, like it's okay if you're a pothead, and it's you can make money from it now. Legally, who... <laughs> but you can make money from it now. Legally, like don't. Like dope makes you stupid. Because I was like, they'll pay me a lot of money, okay? Mm-mm. Made me so very probably smart. pretty smart for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You asked me, least, or like, what my least favorite thing is, mm-hmm. and I just, I have a, I have a response to that. Um, I don't necessarily categorize, you know, the least and the negative. And I can't say is that. that come to the table you better find a solution for you cannot be a mm-hmm. farmer and deal with negative interactions or not be able to troubleshoot for it straight up and if you then that was positive interaction so when mm-hmm. I say like I as something negative I saw that as something that I overcame stronger from it and through that is a positive for me mm-hmm. and I hope other people can can take away when they see that there's a problem at their door knocking that they look at it this to blossom mm-hmm. it's a learning opportunity for sure I mean plants will die quickly as I've learned um I tried to grow I had three baby clones and that all three of them died because <laughs> it got too hot and I had them almost like we we're starting to flower um they were like maybe like three months old and then it got way too hot in June and they just dried out so for someone like me who is a, a new grower what growing tips would you have for someone who wants to start growing or maybe start growing their own little uh you know batch of cannabis or batch of hemp at home um so that's a super exciting for me because 
and uh, I've just heard a little open. And my fiance, Krakito, and I like we're writing a book. Um, you know that helps mm-hmm. they, you know anybody from being a home wants to start up their own farm to somebody that wants to go full scale. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information that. Typical, or it can be, you know, a little bit too basic. And, you know, we really want to make sure that people standing the ends of you know, the cannabis plant from the environment that you have the plant in, just, uh, such as the weather that I experience and the, the soil that it has to the water. These are all general as well as the genetics that you select as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing is like honestly for first is one of the watering is a skill set that everybody thinks is super easy right and like one of the most difficult things in my took me years i had a robin from oregon girl she gave me um around greenhouse uh, or not i don't know if it was greenhouse but it was um it's in watering and environments mm-hmm. and it went over all of these scientific applications and method you know, if you're using this soil per cubic feet you need to use this much water but it also talked about you know the absorption rates of you know when to water you know watering your plants in the beginning and um, that helps allow your plants you know absorb their full like nutrients and everything like that it gives them a full cycle to do so and um, to how to check you know our you know, or if they're heavy. Um, and so the biggest thing for me and that I see with other growers is their water, which can easily throw off and extremely detrimental oh, yeah. to the plant. It's so so easy for to any water. Uh, yeah. Anybody that is, you know, wanting to grow, the watering is what's going to save your plant. And, and to the, understand the time, kind of look at different tricks of, you know, is putting your finger in the soil two inches and moisture on it. And you're like, okay, well, it has a little moisture, but how heavy is the pot? So maybe picking the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, can't do that with the plants in the ground and those kinds of things. Um, and, and then understanding that, like, you know, if it is, if it is hotter outside, what kind of pot am I? Because some plastic get really, really hot. So some people like to go with fabricated pots versus that, or just go directly into. Um, so, yeah. Well, we can't wait for I your book. I'm sure your book will be super informative because there are books, like I've tried to read books, like growing books really is like um, just so scientific or either like too basic like and I don't think it's very helpful so I think we need someone that speaks our language to write a book about growing so we can do it ourselves <laughs> exactly I think you need a little bit of both you need some uh like western medicine and some eastern yeah, <laughs> the traditions exactly also we're gonna wrap it up soon one more question for you and I ask this question to every guest. Um, and I always love asking this question because every guest gives me something different. And then someone always DMs me and tells me that it was something that they found very helpful. 
Um, so what advice would you have for a woman of color, a man of color, just any, any, um, you know, woman of color that's trying to get into cannabis and she wants to do it. Maybe she wants to start growing. Maybe she wants to start her own brand. Maybe she wants to just carry CBD and open a CBD shop. What advice would you give to someone that wants to start working in the industry and just doesn't know where to begin? Okay. Your success. And it's not to say that we are not confined by social decisions or sex that affect us and limit our abilities to perform. It's to say that we can overcome those things that are going on. Um, when Sorry. No worries. We're all high. I can't here. even remember what I I can't even remember what I said here. No worries. Uh what was my, my um I forgot as well. But usually this happens because by the end of the episode everyone is high. So no worries. <laughs> oh yeah. Your success is up to you. Yes. Okay, because like my I mean I I know be electing a woman in this space. I do not know what it's like to be. I don't know what it's like to be an Asian woman in this space. Mm-hmm. But I know that personally, myself, and the and the things that I overcome. And at the end of the day, sit right. I look at it as yeah, I faced all of these things. But at the end, it was up to me because I didn't let those mm-hmm. things put me down. I didn't. I myself to the things that weren't me. I moved on and and throughout the time finding my tribe, finding people um, throughout that, you know, really honing on that like you have to do every day. You can't be mad because on the road now you're not gonna water. You can't be mad because your boyfriend said something water. Like you you <laughs> can't blame other you're at at this exact moment all we can do is hold ourselves accountable because we're not in charge of any of how we feel and what we do every single day and so to me yeah I could lay in bed for two hours every morning and get for some shit that happened to me get up and move and work and continue to show that I can be successful because this is about the day and yeah. so that's why I say it's up to you to how you own it and to how you build your success. You are entirely up to you. I literally have that as a sign in my room. <laughs> so I just <laughs> you Oh, I love it. You. Your success totally up to you, which is so true. Well, thank you so much, Sue. You've been such a treat, such a lovely guest. Our audio was a little spotty, but it's okay. I think we heard mostly everything. Um I shouted out your Instagram and stuff at the intro. Did you want to, you know, leave us with any, uh, you know, affirmations or any pages or any projects? Um, I definitely know that I will be on the Rancheria Familia site soon whenever the WAP strain drops again. Like, I need that. Like, I need water. (laughs) And I'm so excited. As you know, uh, one of my clients, the Melon Hemp Goddess, is going to be carrying your flower soon, too. We're not going to have the WAP strain, but we're going to have other good strains by your farm. So 
I'm so excited to get more in my hand. The queen dream has been saving my life. I'm having a, a chronic hormonal flare up as well. I also deal with like just hormonal feminine issues and CBD is just the like godsend through all of the pain and the queen dream has just been helping me through it all. So thank you so much. Oh, that's so amazing to hear. We really, um, we're just really waiting for, you know, patiently waiting for our fall crop to be available. I'm rebranding. Uh, that's going to be dropping in August. And I'm excited because the thing is, I, I, I love affordability and accessibility. And I also love, um, you know, higher end products. And I achievable. Mm-hmm. And throughout the moves that I'm making, it is to make things, you know, so that be able to access, you know, higher in tea grade, medicinal grade, you know, smokable flower and the other byproducts that come from it. Um, and so, you know, we're just, I'm, I'm very, very thankful to, you know, be able to share with you today, um, you know, about our farm. And um, I think that the best thing for anybody is, get to date with us via, you know, somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. you want, like, let me know. I run the, in, I run our, the range out of yeah. Instagram. I run the range out of mom Instagram as well. Um, and emails go directly to me too. It's available. So like if anybody ever wants, um, you know, or if anybody, you know, has any questions or, you know, they're looking for, um, you know, advice on, you know, which path they should take or anything, reach out to me because, you know, I'm, I'm here for everybody. And it's, it's more to me to watch other people be successful. I, I, I think it's my own success because I feel successful, like just straight mm-hmm. up. Same. Like when we all eat, I'm happy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, it was, such a pleasure, Earl. I super appreciate your time again and being flexible with rescheduling. Y'all, I was really dying yesterday. I'm still like kind of in a lot of pain, but thank goodness for Mary Jane. She always saves the day. Oh my gosh. Mary Jane to the rescue. And all my notes were outside my phone. So I was oh, like, thank no. goodness we'd have this phone call because I was just. You would have to go chase the ghost. Second. <laughs> Okay, I hope you have a blessed day. Sure. I will, I will. I'll definitely hit you up soon so we can figure out how I can come tour your farm and come check out your beautiful plants and come hang out with your goats and y'all make sure to check and we'll do a photo out on sh- Instagram. Oh, cute. I'm into it. We'll do a photo shoot. <laughs> check her out on Instagram as well. She is on there. Fine as always at Ranchera Mommy M-A-M-I and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye! Bye.